The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. At that time, John said to Jesus, Teacher, we saw someone driving out demons in your name, and we tried to prevent him because he does not follow us. Jesus replied, Do not prevent him. There is no one who performs a mighty deed in my name who can at the same time speak ill of me. For whoever is not against us is for us. Anyone who gives you a cup of water to drink because you belong to Christ, amen, I say to you, will surely not lose his reward. Whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin, it would be better for him if a great millstone were put around his neck and he were thrown into the sea. If your hand causes you to sin, cut it off. It is better for you to enter into life maimed than with two hands to go into Gehenna, into the unquenchable fire. And if your foot causes you to sin, cut it off. It is better for you to enter into life crippled than with two feet to be thrown into Gehenna. And if your eye causes you to sin, pluck it out. Better for you to enter into the kingdom of God with one eye than with two eyes to be thrown into Gehenna, where the worm does not die and the fire is not quenched. The Gospel of the Lord. Today we continue in our class schedule with the disciples and their this intensive discipleship class that they find themselves in began last week with the first lesson on humility. Today we continue, which is the, the, the readings continue directly from last week, but for us a separate lesson in a sense. Today we hear about the importance of detachment of our hearts. In the first reading from Numbers, we heard about Moses, who had received from the Lord the knowledge that Seventy men would be gathered together, and the, the, the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, would descend upon them, and they would begin to prophesy. Sixty-eight of them were gathered in the proper place. Two remained out in the village, out in the, the normal town. And when the Spirit came, they too were still included, and they began to prophesy, much to the confusion of some of those that were around, um, beginning to hear them speak of the things of God and various other messages maybe that were coming forth from their lips. People came and immediately reported to Joshua, and Joshua reported to Moses, they're prophesying in the camp, and they're not supposed to. Make them stop. And Moses essentially says, no, I wish everyone would prophesy as these two men do. Looking forward to the day where the Spirit would descend, not upon a few people in the church, but upon the entire body of Christ. He simply says, no. The church wisely provides to us a second instance of a similar story. John and the others see one casting out demons in the name of the Lord. And they come to Jesus and they say, Lord, we saw someone trying to do this and we told them to stop. And Jesus said, don't. Let them go. They can't be against me if they're for me at the same time. Don't. In both cases, the idea, the plan, the intention 
of those who report to their superiors is invited to change, both for the hearers in the temple, uh, or in the, in the tent, rather, where Moses is, as well as those in the house still with Jesus. Everything they think they're supposed to be doing, their master says, no. It's a point of contention for them. It's a, a difficulty. It's a stumbling block. Because they think they have it. And yet the Lord invites them to detach from their ideas. To be willing to do something different than what they thought. Attachment is something every one of us wrestles with. It's not a thing that's only a particular portion of society or only this group or that group. Attachments are part of the normal human condition, whether we like them or not. Some of us, by a special grace of God, may be able to detach a little bit more easily, but it doesn't mean that we don't have things that we need to detach from. Every one of us has something, probably each of us a little bit different. We can be attached to people, to our plans, to our possessions, to our ideas or our beliefs or convictions. We can be attached to our jobs, our tasks, our ministries. We can be attached to a particular place. All of these are things, instances by which something that we attach ourselves and our connection with it to can become more important to us than our relationship with the Lord. And when we attach ourselves to these things, we become very strongly attached quite often. Emotionally attached, sometimes to the exclusion of reason. Every single one of us we know has seen a child who wasn't playing with a toy, but when someone else comes up and picks it up because they want to play with it, immediately the child will walk over, snatch it out of their hands and go, that's mine, and walk away. Usually much of the confusion of the child was like, well, you're not playing with it. But there's this response of, that's mine. And every one of us, though we don't do it in the exact same manner, we have times in our life where something will happen. A place, a thing, a person, an idea, a plan is challenged. And everything within wants to go, that's mine, and to cling to it, to hold to it. To be willing, whatever the cost of whoever else's pain, this is mine. And here we see that it is a tragedy that the Lord wants to separate us from these things. It doesn't mean that we don't have good things, but it means a willingness not to cling to them to the exclusion of Christ. In the gospel we hear the Lord Jesus giving some rather extreme examples today. Everything seems to be rather normal. You know, in the gospel last week, he took a child, placed it in their midst, embraced them, and said, unless you receive, you know, if you receive a child, you receive me. And if you receive me, you receive the Father. That seems rather sensible. He says, no, if someone's not against me, they're for me. Okay. If someone gives you a cup of water because you're a disciple, they have their reward. They will, it can't be taken from them. Fine and good. If you cause someone to sin, it'd be, rather, it'd be better to take a great stone around her neck and cast yourself into the sea. What? 
I'm sorry, Jesus, I'm, I'm not following. We, we kind of just, we stepped over a line there that went into a place that I'm not entirely comfortable with. If your hand caused you to sin, cut it off. Okay, Jesus, now we're getting crazy. If your eye caused you to sin, gouge it out. Jesus, what, really, what are you talking about? It goes from, from seemingly normal class to Jesus must have a fever because he's not thinking right today. And yet, in all of these things, he's thinking perfectly clear. It's we ourselves who struggle sometimes to make sense of it. Our attachments are what Jesus is speaking about. Again, sometimes I would rather have a person in my life than to cling to Christ. I would rather have a thing. Doesn't necessarily mean it has to be a valuable thing. It could be a sentimental thing that can keep us from our Lord. A belief, an idea, a place, a plan. Usually we think of these things and, and immediately the response is, well, certainly that's not me. I don't, I don't have anything that separates me from Jesus. And I can think of a number of instances in my own life. How many times at the seminary we were invited to go to evening prayer on Saturday evening, right in the middle of the LSU game. And I said, no, I'm staying here. I'll do my prayers later. An easy thing for me. My willingness to detach from literally 15 minutes of football that could be watched on Rewind and Replay was superior to my willingness to go encounter my God. It's easier for me to cling to my own plan rather than to be willing to follow Jesus. To cling to my own place rather than to be willing to be moved. All of these, Jesus says, it would be better for you to cut that thing out of your life entirely than to lose me. It would be better for you to cut off your hand than with two hands to go to hell. It would be better for you to limp into heaven than to walk into hell. It would be better for you to be guided into heaven because of your blindness than to walk knowingly with sight into hell. It would be better for you to detach yourselves from these things here and now and experience that suffering in itself rather than to have your attachment to these, whatever they may be, become greater than your attachment to me. This is where Christ challenges us. It seems crazy, and yet it's the truth. It will be better for these things to be severed from our lives entirely than for us to be severed from Christ. And not only us, but our effects, our attachments have effect on other people too. This is where Jesus talks about the millstone. Remember last week he, he embraced the child. The child is still there, presumably standing right next to him. After Jesus has said, if you receive one, you receive, if you receive a child, you receive me. The child is still there. It's all in the same scene. They're all in the same house, in the same room. And Jesus says, if you cause one of these little ones to sin, if you scandalize them, it would be better for you to have a millstone tied around your neck and be cast into the sea. Basically, it would be better for you to die than to cause someone else to sin gravely. If our attachments become such 
that they become a means by which others are separated from Christ, it would be better for us to have our millstone tied around our neck and be cast into the river. If because of my sin, someone else, because of my attachment, someone else follows the exact same, it would be better for me not to exist at all, that they might be able to be attached to Christ. Extreme examples. But the Lord uses these extremes to show us just how important what he's talking about is. He's literally talking about life and death, heaven and hell, the most important things, the end goal. It would be better to suffer these things here and now and to gain Christ than to enjoy these things here and now and to go without him. It's an invitation to reflect in our own lives, our own hearts. Is there anything to which we are attached? And if so, to begin to detach. Detachment is often often known in the spiritual life as a holy indifference. Basically, if it happens, great. If it doesn't happen, great. Either way. A holy indifference. Whatever God's will decides in the end, God be praised. Let's keep going. It doesn't mean that we don't have people in our life that we love. It doesn't mean we don't have things that we enjoy. It doesn't mean that we don't have our particular beliefs, our plans, our, our things that give us conviction. It means that we have all of these things. But when it comes up against, when it comes a question of that thing versus Christ... Christ should win. A willingness always to set aside, even in difficult times, to be willing to go without hand, foot, or eye because of love of Christ. This is the ultimate test for us. A willingness to follow our Lord, even and especially in the times where it seems most difficult, most painful, and indeed most absurd. To be willing to follow Jesus is a wonderful gift. But it comes with his crosses. It comes with his difficulties. It comes with those moments where when I desire the healing of my sick one, my loved one, and instead they pass from this life. We trust. We detach. We allow ourselves in that moment To attach ourselves to Christ. When everything we desire intends to go one way and it intends and actually happens in the opposite. So many things that we experience in the world around us. We've seen it in in neighboring communities. We've seen it on the news and all over the place with various fires and floods. People's precious possessions, their prized possessions. And then it's gone. To be willing to attach to Christ. Rather than to cling to these things so much so that we resent Christ for taking them. We push away from him. In all of these difficult moments, it's an invitation for every one of us to be able to say yes to our Lord. Jesus is teaching his disciples this because he knows also that they don't have this message entirely down. They still believe in the firmness of their hearts that they will soon be great kings. 
They presume that Jesus, because they, again, they don't understand his passion, his death, and his resurrection. They don't understand what he's talking about. Here, they begin to think, well, Jesus is going to go up. He's going to become king of Jerusalem. He'll restore the kingdom. He'll make us kings and princes over all these other areas. We will have all authority, notoriety. We'll have all of these things, all fame, all glory, all honor, our power. All of this will be given to us. In so many ways, this is a true reality, at least in the back of their minds. This is what we hear in the words of the the request of the mother of James and John. Lord, when you come into your kingdom, let my son sit at your right and at your left. Lord, give them places of honor. They think they're going to experience all of these things. When the plan of God actually is quite different. If they're willing to say yes to the Lord and, and change, to be converted, to follow the Lord's lead... They will become saints. If they refuse, they will not. Actually, this is the determining factor between Peter and Judas. (laughs) Peter is willing to convert and to go, things were not as I thought. And to repent of his sin, Judas remained firm in it, unwilling to change, unwilling to detach from his own conviction. And to see the mercy of Christ that would have been extended to him. It's all about attachment and detachment. So as we go through the course of this week, I would encourage you especially to reflect upon your own life. To reflect upon everything that you experience in the course of your days and to see where are my attachments. It could be in great things. It could be in absolutely small things that... No one else would notice. But as soon as someone would touch it, we want to scream, that's mine. If there are things like that in our lives, items, places, people, plans, beliefs, jobs, ministries, whatever, to ask the Lord to help us to detach. It would be better for us than to cut it off, than to have it, and to lose Christ. And so we ask the Lord Jesus to help us. We pray for the light of the Holy Spirit that indeed he might come to us and shine his light upon all of these things. Help us to see that we might be able to choose Christ in everything. And so we ask the spirit of detachment in the course of our days this week. We ask the spirit's guidance and direction that in all things we might know his will. We pray for docility, that, that willingness of heart to follow after the spirit wherever he might call us. We ask this through the intercession of our guardian angels who are constantly with us, but also before the face of God. And we pray it through the intercession of our patroness, good Saint Anne.